I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting update with our Young Adults Today fam. Here's the thing. Everything we do with Young Adults Today, whether it's a podcast, books, resources, conference, content, is centered around the heart of Christ and really three things. The first is building relationships that can last a lifetime. The second is creating resources that are useful. And the third is to create rallying points that are catalytic for leaders and ministries to reach the next generation as we make disciples. So we have a prayer and a goal to take everything we're doing to the next level. And that is an invitation to you to join our Patreon. Patreon allows you and us to partner together for the kingdom of God and the heart of Christ to grow young adults today. You can find out more and jump on board by visiting patreon.com slash today. Thanks so much, and here's for today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast. I am Josiah Keneally. And joined, I'm Micah Keneally. Joined today by you. Yes. And uh, this is a podcast where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today, and we're your hosts. So thank you for subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this content. Right. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of Young Adults Today, and Micah, Who's joining us today? Well, we have a new friend that we just came across and that we've been following for a while. And her name is My Unique Inez. So My Unique, welcome to Young Adults Today. How are you doing? Hello, good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. You are welcome. We are thrilled to see what God does and how he blesses this conversation today. So no kidding. And it's it's been a fun journey because not all that long ago, you were subscribing to this podcast listening and we exchanged dms and just talked about how to get this thing launched in california and we'll dive into more about that but it's just it's fun to see god's hand on your life and your ministry Mm -hmm. and everything that you're touching and for those of you just tuning in my name is the young adult pastor at the highlands christian fellowship in palmdale california she's also a social media influencer and blogger with the account instagram for believers. There's a good chance you come across some of her Mm -hmm. content. And um, we would just love to get to know you better. And for the listener too, would you just be willing to share some of your story of life, maybe sensing God's call into young adult ministry and even how our paths crossed? Yeah. So um, I actually... Growing up, it was never like, I want to do ministry, you know, Um, growing up, I played basketball and I have my bachelor's degree actually in graphic and web design. So that's what I went to school for. Um, I had no desire to actually do ministry, if I'm being honest. Um, But in 2011, I actually lost my brother to suicide. And at my brother's funeral, my pastor at the time was like, I was the only one in my family that ended up speaking. And so at that time, right after that, my pastor called me and he was like, 
I heard you speak at the funeral and I know this is like the worst timing, but I believe that you're called to ministry. Like I believe that you're called to serve. And I said, no, like, I was like, yeah, I, it's not really for me, you know, but I think it's because I had this idea that people in ministry had to be perfect, you know? And so for three months, I would tell my pastor, no. And he was at the time we were getting new youth pastors. He was like, I want you to serve with them. Like you might actually like it. And I was like, no, I remember having a conversation with my mom. Like, how do I get him to stop? Like, I don't want to do it. And she was just, just telling nicely I did he's not listening um and finally my pastor's uh daughter who I'm actually still close to um actually like pulled me aside when these new youth pastors were in and she was like no just sit in if you genuinely don't like it like it's fine but at least try it and so I actually ended up trying youth ministry back in 2011 and fell in love with it and so it was a year after I was started serving that the Lord called me to ministry and told me like hey you're actually going to be preaching like you're this is what you are actually called to do and so it's just mind-blowing to me because I was like, I just want to play basketball. Like, I just wanted to do graphic design on the side and, you know, live my best life. And the Lord was just like, no, that's not, that's nice, but it's not what I have for you. And so I've actually been doing youth ministry up until this last year. Um, I received uh, a word from the Lord in 2019. I went to a Youth America conference in Oklahoma and on the flight there, the Lord had told me young adult ministry. And so at the time I thought it's because I don't really have a lot of friends. Like maybe the Lord wants me to have friends my age. Cause all I did was hang out with my students. And little did I know that he was actually like telling me young adult ministry as in you're getting ready to transition from youth ministry to young adult ministry. And so I remember it so clear as day. Cause I'm like sitting on the flight journaling it. And I'm like, God, I don't know why you keep telling me young adults. And just a couple of months after that COVID hit and I was like, well, nothing's happening now. Like everything is shut down. It's okay. Um, and then a couple of months later, Later, I actually got a call from a local church here in the Highlands and they were like, hey, we have a young adults position and we've seen some of your content online and we've known you for quite some time and we think that you'd be perfect for the position. Like, can you come in for an interview? And so at the time, that's when everything clicked of like, this is what the Lord had told me back in November, like on this flight, like, because it was never my intent of like, oh, yeah, young adult ministry. But because it's like one of the hardest ministries, I think, that we ever get to be a part of is young adult ministry. But the Lord had called me way back then. And so then everything fell into place. And I was like, okay, I guess we're switching. We're, we're transitioning to young adult ministry. I had messaged you because I was like, I need all the young adult resources I can get. I don't know what I'm doing. And so you sent me the podcast. I was like, thank you. Like there's something for young adult ministry that we can tap into to learn and grow from. That's incredible. Wow. It's so fun to see like how God orchestrates everything behind the scenes. And when we're being obedient, sometimes we don't know what we're being prepped for. Like we're always in an incubation period. I feel like it's like, well, I may enjoy the now, but we don't always know. We don't always know what's going to come or how it's going to come about. So yeah. thank you for saying yes, even though the pastor was chasing you or hounding you. <laughs> and, and I think Michael, what you just said about my unique journey is so cool. Like you didn't know what God had in store and neither did we right. launching a podcast that we just wanted to provide resources, relationships, rallying points mm -hmm. for young leaders specifically called to the next generation. And we wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't have otherwise crossed paths had we maybe not stepped out in faith. We had no mm -hmm. idea who was going to be on the other side of this conversation mm -hmm. today Truly. or in the other pair of earbuds of listening. Right. So yeah. I just think it's so powerful when we say yes and obey. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, so true. And Mayanique, you have been working with youth, you've been working with now young adults and the people that you've come across, the young adults, maybe even young teenagers, you've probably seen it all, you've probably heard it all. Yeah. And just 
been able to come alongside them through thick and thin, truly. And I would just be willing just to ask you this question. What are the main obstacles for young adults who are part of Gen Z when it re relates to discipleship? Like, what are you seeing or maybe not seeing when it comes to discipleship specifically for Gen Z? So I'm, I'm really big on discipleship. I think I unwillingly did it all throughout youth ministry. And my mentor sat me down and she's like, no, what you're actually doing is discipleship. And I think that we kind of think discipleship is this word that like, it's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. But um, my friend Grant Skeldon has a book called The Passion Generation, where he talks so yeah. much about discipleship. And I love that book, but I love how simple discipleship is because we think of Paul and Timothy and it's just like mm -hmm. inviting people into our space and to our lives and saying, hey, like follow me as I follow the creator like we can we can actually do this together like you don't have to walk it alone and I think that's the biggest difference I've seen with kids in youth ministry I think they have all of the youth leaders and uh, you know friends and stuff like it's just very distinctively different whereas with young adults they tend to want to isolate themselves away from discipleship and away from community and it's like no like we need these things we need right. each other in order to do this thing we call life like God has called us to this and so it's important that we don't neglect it but I think when we just look at it in simple terms of discipleship is is more than just like oh let's get coffee together you know like not that I I, I drink coffee all the time with my young adults but something I've just invited them into my life like a lot of times I'll have even for like Instagram for believers things where I'm like the more influencer and I invite some of my young adults with me because I'm like this is my life like there's no turning off discipleship you can't just like oh I disciple you on a Sunday and that's it or like a Tuesday night for me it's like no every day I'm, I'm in contact with um, young adults and some even that are like just at the peak of transitioning out of like youth ministry to young adult ministry of like no this is what discipleship is, is we will both chase the father together and just be a part of each other's lives. I love that you said that, that kind of defining discipleship as really life on life, mm -hmm. yeah. and less about one service a week, but daily living. And definitely that one service is included and small groups are included. Right. But we're, I think what I'm hearing you say too, is that we're missing something that if, if it's all attractional and there's not that follow-up process with right. relationship and discipleship. And I want to come back to something that you said a few minutes ago in that you felt this word from the Lord, young adult ministry. Yeah. And then you, you know, God opened up a door for you within a local church and it had probably never been done before. And there's not always a roadmap to pioneer. So I want to hear, mm -hmm. because there's a new, my unique listening to this episode. Oh, yeah. I just found this podcast and they're asking the question, yeah. where do I start? How do I start a small group? What could a young adult ministry look like? So can you share from your journey the past couple of years, what's it been like launching and now leading a young adult ministry? Man, it, it's been wild. Um, and it's just like young adults, it's like you never know what you're going to get with young adults because yep. some days it's, it's great and it's good. And the next you're just like, what happened, everyone? Um, it has been an interesting process. I think the Lord has really just made me so dependent on him because like I tell our young adults, like I genuinely sometimes don't even know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's literally by the grace of God that I'm able to come week after week and kind of pour myself um, out to our community. And I think that the Lord has just really just shown me how important 
it is to just rely on him, you know, because so many times we're like, oh, I want that. I want to I want to have a young adult community. And I think um, first and foremost, it starts with our local churches. I am so big on churches. I believe that we need them, especially as young adults. We need that wisdom that comes from the generations older than us and above us. And so many times I've seen, especially out here, like I can't speak for anywhere else, but out here we've had young adult communities successfully start, but then they fail because they're not connected to a local church because with local church comes accountability. You know what I mean? Sometimes my pastors tell me things that I don't want to hear, but I know it's because I need that correction. And so it just comes with like, even to just something that like with um, me, myself, I'm like, I can't just like decide I don't want to do this anymore. Like I do this because it is my job because I love young adults, but it's just like, when we forget that, like, Jesus talks so much about the bride of Christ and he talks about his church. And I think so many young adults think that we can do it without that. And Mm -hmm. so they're like, oh yeah, I can just read my Bible. Reading your Bible is fine. And it's greatly encouraged, but there's something so special about getting planted and connected in a local church that I think does wonders because for so long, even when I, there was a time where I wasn't serving in youth ministry, God was getting ready to transition me to young adults. And I didn't know. And people were like, oh, just start your own thing. Just start your own thing. Like just get people together. And it's not that I don't believe that I can get people together, but I wanted to do it the right way. And I said, you know what, if we're going to do that, then it has to be like, I have to be under the authority of pastors. Like I have to be at a local church so I can grow. And that way I can steward the community the way that the Lord wants me to. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not in my pastor's office. Like, Hey, I don't know what to do about this. Or like, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Like every week I'm getting so much from them. Whereas if I were just to like text a couple of friends, like it's not, and it's different. I'm not saying like, don't have Bible studies, like coffee shops with your friends and stuff but there's something so special about being planted at a local church that god is going to do wonders in within young adult communities if we would simply like i I hate to say it but a lot of young adults don't want to submit under that authority but when you submit under the authority of people that you like i believe in my pastors i believe in their vision and so being submitted under their authority has just changed me and grown me in so many ways because it's not with without that I can do whatever I want and it's just like oh yeah that's fine but then when I have people like hey I don't think you really should do that that might actually be a bad thing it's just like that correction that we need as young adults I am better because I'm planted at a local church and I believe that when we want to do things get involved with a local church, partner with them, mm-hmm. partner with their vision to bring young adults like back to the house of the Lord. And I think God will honor that because that's what he's done with me. Like we went from not even having a young adult ministry to now seeing at least 30 people every week. Just like, I want to be here. I want to be engaged in community. I want to lo- know more about the Lord. And I just like, I'm so grateful for the local church. So if I wanted to say anything, find that local church, get planted and then serve. Yeah. Preach it. Yeah. That is so good. I'm glad you went there. I'm glad that you're you're calling out the generations above and below, essentially. Like, hey, we need your wisdom. You need to begin to impart wisdom on us and disciple us as young people. And then young people who are leading the next generations to come, we need to connect arms with them and we need to link up and we need to be part of the church. And I love that you had said that you uh, understand the importance of submitting to the, the spiritual authority of a leader. And I think so many times we, we think we can go so far by ourselves and then we reach the end of us. And that's just where God begins, right? That's yep. just where he begins to do the wonderful things, the, the miraculous things, the, the miracles, you know, and the power when we connect with the Holy Spirit in that process. And two things I love that you cover, you said um, accountability, that we all need to be accountable to somebody. I absolutely love that. 
And then the second one is essentially what you're saying is the spiritual covering. We need to come under, come under somebody else's authority. So if something does happen in our ministry or in the Bible study that we're hosting, we have somebody to go to and there is a spiritual covering that takes place and there's wisdom, there's, there's guidance, there's questions that can be answered. Um, and sometimes we've seen it where things run rogue and it just yeah. comes to a screeching halt and it just becomes like, I don't know, like a fly, yeah. on, like, you know, on the front windshield, there was like, just splats. Yep. Like, okay, now we've left people hurt. People have disconnected from the church. And the last thing we want to ever do within a young adult ministry is silo ourselves from the heartbeat exactly. of the church. Like we don't want to be our own ministering entity within the church. We want to be connected yep. and we want to provide opportunities for, you know, young adults to get plugged in. Like you said, serving, um, being and coming alongside the vision of that lead pastor, as well as whoever's in charge of the young adult ministry. Yeah. And um, I'm just glad that you went there. And hopefully some listeners are encouraged and challenged um, to know that we can't let our pride get in the way because we need yeah. to be humble leaders if we want to truly be the hands and feet of Christ, because he came to serve, not to be served. Yep. So, yep. yeah. I would just add that I've seen a lot of movements start that were separate from the local church in the young mm -hmm. adult space. And they, some of them even explode, but what it becomes yes. ultimately is a flash in the pan that's short lived. Right. And yep. where the sustainable long obedience in the same direction, kind of Eugene Peterson describes that long obedience in the same direction is partnering and pairing with every generation mm -hmm. in the local church. And uh, so Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. That is powerful, which leads us into this little segue right here where we want to just pick your brain of why do you believe that young adult ministry is so important? It's the transition that we have. Like, I think growing up, a lot of us, and, and I was like this and I preach it, like growing up, I was so dependent on my mom and her faith that like, it was always like, oh, my mom will pray for me. You know what I mean? Or like my mom's going to church and my mom is tithing and stuff like that. And so as I got older myself, like my mom had us in church every Sunday, you know what I mean? And so I only went because she was like, no, you're going to church. Like staying in the house is not an option. We're all going to church. And so I think because of that, I got so dependent on my mom's faith that I didn't know what it was to actually have my own faith. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started becoming a young adult and transitioning out of youth ministry that I was like, oh, this is real life. Like I, I, I have to do things on my own. Like I have to know the Bible for myself when things come up in my life, I have to be able to, to have my own community. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think with youth ministry, you, you have that it's, it's not, a, it's accountability in some form, but it's like, when you grow up out of that, you know, when a lot of times when they go to college and it's like, oh, my mom isn't here to take me to church on Sunday. My mom isn't here to pray for me, that it's important that we have that ourselves. And so that, that transition that happens from like youth ministry to young adult ministry, it's like, I have to have my own faith. Um, there's a parable in the Bible where it's the 10 virgins and they have oil and they're waiting for the bridegroom. And then five of them, they're smart and they have their oil and five are like, wait, give me some of yours. And I, and I tell you all the time, like you have to have your own oil. You have to be prepared wow, yourself good. for when that time comes that you can stand and be like, I'm prepared for this. And so with young adults, I think it's so important that they get plugged in the community because it's you're learning how to have your own oil. I think that too many of us are so dependent on our pastors and our leaders. And it's like, okay, well, what about you? 
what is God showing you? What is the Lord teaching you? And so even with having a platform, unfortunately, people come to me and they, they send me DMs and, and I love that they're trusting me with their, their, you know, most personal things, but I'm like, okay, well, what has the Lord told you? Have you gone to the Lord in prayer about these things? And a lot of the times it's no. And I'm like, well, you have no business messaging me about this until you go to the Lord and then you hear from him. You know what I mean? And so that transition from, I'm no longer depending on my mom to get me to church, my mom's faith to, I have it for my own is so crucial. And I think it's the, it's starting that foundation that we need for the rest of our lives, because so many times young adults say it's a lot of times after they graduate high school, that they no longer attend churches, that they kind of walk away. They don't really have that faith. And so it's important that as young adults, we steward this now and like we take care of it. So, you know, I'm only 29, but it's like, by the time I'm 35, like I'll already know these things. I won't have to start over and be like, oh, where, what do I do now? You know, like the Lord has been preparing me throughout this like young adult life that I've been living of like, this is that foundation, you know, because I'm going to be 40, I'm going to be 50, I'm going to be 60. And it's like all the things that I'm doing now, it's no longer me depending on my mom and her faith to get me by, but I have faith on my own. I believe in the Lord because of my own like personal experiences. And that's going to carry me throughout the rest of my life. Yeah, that's so good. I love that you went there with the transition. Like you said, like you had to figure this out adulting thing out on your own in addition to this faith factor. And I love that you had said, I point people back to prayer, back to Christ. And we, we, Josiah and I truly believe that everything is birthed in prayer. Yes. Everything is birthed in prayer. God's going to reveal things. He's going to show things. He's going to protect us. He's going to call us out. Whatever he's going to do in that prayer time is essential. And we know that when transition comes, things need to change. And uh, this is not in the notes. So this is something fun that I just kind of came to my mind of my unique. How have you been able to navigate um, not making your young adult ministry that you've been put in charge of a youth 2.0? Because you've been doing youth for a long time. And we know that there's like 18 year old is not in the same position as a 30 year old. If you describe young adults as 18 to 30 or maybe 18 to 25, how have you been able to navigate the waters of the young adult ministry you've been leading and make it fun and engaging, but also not youth 2.0 for the listener who may be in a similar role? Like, how do we do this? Even if you're a next gen pastor, sometimes it's, it's a kind of a gray zone. How have you been able to navigate that? And what would you share for, with the listener today? Oh yeah. Like I tell, I tell my pastors, like I can no longer play dodgeball. Like I used to play dodgeball with our youth kids all the time. Now as a young adult, it's not really in the books, Uh, but something that I do. So we have a handful of just now transitioned into first year college and they do unfortunately sometimes think like, oh, this is just youth group, you know, all over again. And it's like, no, but I think when I, I always have to have private conversations with some of our younger, young adults that come of like, Hey, you're, you're 18 now. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is the beginning of a long life for you. And something that even growing up, my mom told me like, you're only a kid until you're 18. You are an adult longer than you are a child. And so when you turn 18, it's when you step into that adulthood, almost to say, granted, like I still live at home. I'm 29. It's fine. And so it's like, yeah, it's a little bit different, but when you turn 18 and you're graduating out of youth ministry, it's time to step up. And so that's what I tell them. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. Like for me, I'm like, I am not our youth pastor. I'm our young adults pastor. And if you're coming here, you're going to get things that you don't want to hear. And like, I'm going to call you out and that's okay because we're all adults and we need it. I had to do that recently with one of our our younger um, young adults that comes, I had to pull them aside and I'm like, Hey, like, this might've been okay for you to do in youth ministry. And that's fine. But in young adult ministry, like I have to be the person that corrects you because as your leader, like I have 
to correct you. It's because I love you, you know? And so then I ask them the hard questions of like, oh yeah, are you really spending time with the, the Lord today? Or like, what, what are your priorities in your heart? Is it really getting a girlfriend or, or are you really putting the Lord first in all of your ways, you know? And so when they kind of do that laugh and it's like, well, miss my unique, hold on. And I'm like, no, like that is telling me everything I need to hear, <laughs> you know? And so I always oh, have God. to chat. Like, I, I think that transition comes with a lot of challenge, but it's challenged because I believe that the Lord wants you to do better. You know, mm -hmm. and so when I come out of a place of that, they're like, oh, well, she thinks I do this like, and I can. And they always want to prove themselves when they're that when they're transitioning on that from that like youth to young adult age. They kind of want to prove themselves to be like the, the man or woman that they want to be. And so I'm always like, all right, well, I challenge you to take this passage of scripture, go study it. And when I see you next Tuesday, like I want you to tell me what you learned. I want you to memorize that scripture. And so they're seeing the difference in the maturity of like not baby faith, because it's not to say that all youth kids have baby faith, but they're experiencing that that little faith grow of like, now it's time for my adult faith to start stepping in, you know what I mean? And I'm asking them, hey, are you coming to church and serving because your parents are bringing you here? Or do you want to serve? And so just challenging them in those questions of just like, where's your heart at almost to say, yep. um, has made all the difference for our younger, young adults that are attending. That's awesome. Great thoughts by Unique. And one of the other things that we have not honestly covered a ton on this podcast, um, but I think we should totally go there because I think it's in your wheelhouse. It comes very naturally um, from afar. I, I watch and observe um, you cr just crush it in this area and that's social media. And I think that I come at this from a standpoint of what I believe about social media is that it's a tool. Yeah. There's some positive, there's some negative, probably it's neutral in and of itself, but this tool can actually be an amazing platform to reach people with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the angle. I know this is yeah. a sweet spot of yours and a wheelhouse, but I think of the, the pastor listening, who's like, man, I know I should probably start an Instagram account, but I've never done that. Or maybe there's some older listeners who are just like asking, like, am I too old for it? Or even some people that have like deleted their social media and that's okay too, because I think there's, there's space yeah. and, and times for pause, but how have you found in your life, in your experience, in your ministry, social media to be an effective tool that can be leveraged for reaching people in your generation with the gospel? So something that people always say, like in the Christian world is to meet people where they're at. And so unfortunately for a lot of people, young adults and like the millennial and like Gen Z's, they are all on social media. And so we truly have to yeah. step out and meet them where they're at. So believe it or not, my pastor actually hates social media. And ever <laughs> since I got on staff, like from the get go, I'm like, you need to utilize your social media. And he's like, my unique, I don't need it. Like, it's not my thing. And I was like, okay, but as a pastor, it should be your thing. Not as like putting your personal life, like there's a difference with pastors sometimes where they don't share a lot of their personal life, but they they utilize social media to connect with people. And I was like, you need it for that reason. And so um, over the last year, I have been badgering my pastors about that. And they finally gave in. And 2022 is the year that they're going to start using it. But people, it's meeting people where they're at, you know, mm -hmm. like, for the people that will never just like, oh, there's a church here in, in my city, like, they're never going to get there. But if they were 
scrolling on social media and see a post of like, so something that I do, I actually run our church's social media. It's like, I'm always capturing the moments of people in community because it's like that person that's sitting there scrolling by themselves at home. Like they're not going to say it out loud, but they're desperate for community. They're desperate for that friendship and that connection that the Lord gives us through being at church. And so they're going to see like, oh, this, these people look like they're enjoying it. I kind of want to be there, you know? And so it triggers a thought in them of like, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go check it out. You know what I mean? And so I think meeting people where they're at, because our Gen Z and millennials, like we can scroll for hours and it's not going to affect us. You know, like I've caught myself like, oh crap, I've been on for an hour, you know? And it's like, we sit there and we scroll, but it's like the positive that we can utilize that to connect with young adults has been incredible. Even for me, like we didn't have a young adult ministry here. So when I had to prep and plan, it was like, okay, social media and believe it or not, our first night, I would say 5% of the young adults that showed up actually was because they seen a post on social media. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, when you utilize that and you take care of it in such a way that it's not even about you, it's about getting connected with community, it will be effective. And so even in that, it's just like, you never know how just one post can literally change someone's world of just like pointing them back to Jesus, pointing them back to the Lord. And so I'm telling my pastor now, like, you don't have to put your whole personal life, like, you're a pastor. You can post things about the church, about community. A lot of pastors post their notes, which is actually super helpful because I'm always saving them. And I'm like going back later and like journaling it myself. Like we can utilize it in such a positive way that works for the church, whether right. people are, cause it's like so many people are like, Oh, it's social media is toxic. Like we don't need it. You need it. You have to keep up with the times of technology is so advanced and so changing. And like with COVID happening, it makes me wonder, like all these churches had no idea that technology, like with live streaming and like going live on Instagram and Facebook, they didn't know any of this existed at mm -hmm. all until COVID hit and they were forced to learn about it. Whereas Gen Z and millennials, like we knew it all the time, like we we're going live with people and like doing whatever. And it's like, now that your eyes see how wide, like even here, our church audience has grown double in size just because of having an online platform, being wow. able to live stream. And so it's just important because we have people that like with Instagram, for example, that connect all around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, most of my followers are actually from South Africa and I have never been there. Um, <laughs> I don't know much about it but it's like when I look at these insights I'm just like man like the way that the Lord you can always take something that you know the world wants to be so negative and toxic and turn it around and use it to glorify the Lord and glorify what the Lord is asking you to do and so stewarding social media in your ministries is actually I think one of the most important parts because it allows you to connect with those who would never just be like oh let me google a church today you know what I mean but they'll right. see a church or they'll see young adults engaging in community and it's like I kind of want to be a part of that let me check out this post and you know, having that address in there, making people know that they're welcome, like it has helped so much, even for myself and utilizing young adult community. Mm -hmm. And Instagram for believers has been a journey for you. Like I followed it since we started DMing it through the young adults today, Instagram. And I just look at the growth since then in the past couple of years is bonkers as of today. And this could change by the time we hear 140,000 followers yeah. on yeah. Instagram for believers. And so when you say that people all over the world are mm -hmm. following your mm -hmm. content, they are, mm -hmm. they're saving it, they're sharing it, they're learning from it. And it can be a tool to share the gospel with your generation and any comments or, or thoughts about the journey of even just that account of 
Instagram for believers. I know that's not on script either, but how'd you start? Why'd you start? And what's that been like? Yeah. Instagram for believers. Um, people think that it was like recently born and stuff like that, but it wasn't. And so, um, I actually started Instagram for believers. It's just a way to provide hope. So after I lost my brother, I was like, you know what, Lord, like after I was learning more about him, I was like, I feel like if he would have known how much you loved him and how much you had a plan for his life, maybe things would have been different. And so, um, I felt personally just like challenged and convicted to spread the message of hope. And so that's where Instagram for believers actually comes from. It's just wanting to encourage people to not do what my brother did because the Lord truly does have a plan for everything every single person here on earth. And if they know that enough and they know that like, Hey, God loves you. Like he cares so deeply about you. And it's not some superficial, like, uh, you know, Disney movie type love. Like he literally loves the heck out of you. I think when people know that they choose to live differently. And so Instagram for believers started out, like it was just a broken time in my life, but I just wanted to encourage people. Um, so it actually started in 2012. Um, there was no such thing as influencers and like all of this stuff. So it's like people message me and they're like, Oh, I just found your account. And it's like, it looks new, but I have posts all the way from 2012 down there. And I told the Lord, Hey, if you allow me to encourage one person a day, then I will do this. But I actually started Instagram for believers. Cause I don't like talking. Um, I wasn't a pastor at the time. So it was like, it was easier for me to make a caption and encourage people with a post than to like do YouTube or like have videos of myself. So it was an anonymous account (laughs) when it started out is no one knew it was me. Um, Instagram had this thing where it connected your number at one point and everyone would show up. And I had someone from church like, hey, this account is coming up under your number. Like, is it you? And I couldn't lie. So I was just like, oh yeah. (laughs) And so from then on out, like it just started getting around that like, oh, my unique actually runs this account. And so I was like, well, forget it. Everyone knows now. Um, But it started off as an anonymous account because I hated talking in front of people. I'm introverted. It was never the plan. But now the Lord has just grown it to a community of people who look forward to post every day. And it's allowed me to connect with people. I've gotten to travel and speak a little bit here and there for it, but it's just like, that was never the plan. It was literally just to encourage people so they wouldn't feel alone and lost in the world. Right. That's amazing. Oh I think that's how, that's how God works. Like he can take yeah. the, the darkest seasons of our life or the lowest points of our life. And when we offer him something that process and want to give him the glory through whatever that may be like his hand will be upon it. And obviously that's yours. Like, and it was through the loss of your brother, like a bitter moment has now been turned into a sweet offering back to the Lord through encouraging people. Like you have no idea how people are touched by the word of God, just by you being obedient. And I just think that's um, evident in this day and age of which COVID, I think, revealed a lot about the churches, what we were prepared yeah. for and what we were not prepared for. In a world pandemic, I don't think it was on anybody's radar when know. it came to the church body. I mean, hello. Um, but I think it just exposed a lot of potential in yeah. what churches could be doing and how they should or could or still need to even pivot, whether that be online with accounts, um, online services, live streaming, whatever that is. And I would just ask, um, how would you encourage the churches and individuals um, maybe who just need to become more intentional about utilizing social media? What would you say to those listeners today that are maybe a churchgoer or leader and just individuals that can just do it to honor and glorify God? Yeah. So something that, um, to everyone's surprise that I did is that when I prayed about how the Lord would have me use like social media, Instagram for believers, I told them I only cared about the one person. I think now people want, you know, 
the X amount of followers and all these likes. And so I think when we get like that, it's easy to have our vision clouded of what the Lord wants to do. But if you start with the intention, of God. I just need one person to be encouraged. I just need one person to see it. I just want to encourage one person because that's how the Lord works. He, he seeks out the one, like we hear it all the time without throughout scripture. I think it's Luke 15, where it talks about leaving the 99 for the one. And I think with social media, it's hard because we want to compare and look at other churches and people and ministries, but it's like, that's, I think that God always wants us to stay in our lanes of like, do what I've called you to do. You know what I mean? A lot of times people ask me why I don't put like this kind of content and that. And I'm just like, that's not what the Lord called me to do, you know? And that's okay. There are other creators that do that. And so even with churches, I think when we look at other churches, like it's good to be inspired by these things. But when we start comparing that of like, oh, this church has this, I have to do everything exactly that. No, you just have to do what the Lord has called you to do. And I think when we keep in our minds, just reaching that one person that really needs it, then it shifts our focus off of us and kind of swallows that pride to want to be more than what the Lord is calling us to. But God, how can one person, how can I reach one person, whether that be posting church notes, you know what I mean? Whether that be like something I've been doing recently with our church's Instagram is showing that one minute clip, like we're making those reels, but it's just that one minute of encouragement that someone may need. And so it's just like, I have always done trial and error, but like, God, how do you want us to steward this platform? Because it's not ours, it belongs to the Lord. And so when we just have this, like, I just need one person to be encouraged by this, or how can we pray for you? Like that, just engaging in community and keeping that person, the focal point, I think changes the dynamic of how we lead from platforms, even as churches, even as ministries, because it's not so much about, oh, I need all these followers and likes and trying to keep up with content, but we just, okay, God, it's, you know, this one person that's going to be online, that's going to see this content, who needs to see it? Like, mm -hmm. would you allow me to post it? Would you allow me to say it? Would you allow me to walk in that so they can see that and be reminded of your goodness and your glory? So awesome. It's actually amazing. And I think of so many practical things that you just shared. Mm -hmm. And for the leader who's just wanting to, to start an account or to take something yeah. to the next level, I, I love what you said too. It's birthed in prayer and asking God. And then one of the things that I learned um, just kind of stumbled upon it. I remember being on staff at a local church, leading a young adult ministry, enjoying social media myself, but when I was pastoring or leading a service or a gathering or one of our events, it was actually really hard to pastor the people well and run the account. <laughs> and so I had like a couple friends, I think of Stefan Dreer, and he works for the Minnesota Wild and he just had an eye for social media. And I was mm -hmm. like, Stefan, will you log into this account and you can log out afterwards or whatever. But tonight, this Friday right. night, will you yep. run me the story? And will you make it creative? And will you make it your own? And I actually never needed a course correct and say, don't post that or don't post this. It was always excellent. Mm -hmm. He was always up and coming. And now I think of like, anytime we do a YA weekend for the state yeah. of Minnesota Young Adults or the Young Adult City Conference, I might use the account as well, but it's other people right, who right. It's, I think of McQuaid and Shay or Morgan or others. And that's a fun thing to hand somebody, especially if you're a young adult, mm -hmm. to be involved yes. on a social media team at the church or to serve and mm -hmm. utilize your giftings, your right. talents, your abilities to serve the kingdom of God. And um, I think maybe you could use a phrase like digitally express what God yeah. is doing mm -hmm. so that both insiders and pre-believers or outsiders could 
know about mm-hmm. God's glory. And we're kind of coming to that point where we like to pick your brain. Five final thoughts, five questions, five minutes. You up for that? Yes. Cool. Well, kicking it off. If you could describe yourself in three words, and it can't be Instagram for believers, so it's got to be different. <laughs> if you could describe yourself in any three words, what would they be? Okay, so I cheated, and I have to tell you guys that because I don't like talking about myself. So I actually texted my boss, uh, who's also my mentor, and I was like, Amy, give me three words to describe myself. Um, because I just like, I don't know, I just, it's, it's a humble thing, I would hope. And so her words after working with me for the last year and kind of knowing me through Instagram for believers even too, are empowering, loyal, and passionate. And after she said that, I really thought about it. And I, I have always been passionate about the Lord ever since I was introduced, you know, to him. So everything she said was completely true. The way that I think I have been so graciously able to lead our community right now, um, it goes with the empowering and loyal. I just, I love people. I love being able to partner with people for the sake of the gospel. That's incredible. Great answer. You and Amy. Good job. That's what I would say just by just meeting you in the short time that I've met you. All right. So question number two, you already, you already alluded to this by what you ask your students or your young adults and what is God teaching you lately? So the Lord lately, as of literally December has just been teaching me that I can do nothing without him. Um, I'm coming into another transition coming in 2022 and it's all good. And I've just been like worried about that. Like, God, can I really do this? And I think even just last night spending time with the Lord, God was like, I don't know if you can do it, but you can do it when you're with me, you know? And so having to be completely dependent on the Lord right now with this upcoming season of just like, I need you to stop putting so much stress on yourself and learn to trust me more. The Lord has really just been like, I need you to trust me. I need you to trust that I'm guiding you. And it's like all the time we think we trust the Lord until we get put in a position or something happens and we're like, uh, how much do I trust you? You know, so just trusting that the Lord um, through his strength that I'm able to do this transition that's coming has just been something the Lord has just been confirming in me day after day. That is a word. <laughs> that is a word. And if you could ask Mike and I anything today, what would, what would you ask us? First off, thank you so much for your ministry. I know like youth ministry, they get all the resources and the things. And so coming into like young adult ministry, I was so thankful for the blog, the podcast, everything that you guys do, because we don't have enough of it, if I'm being honest. So thank y'all for that. Just wanted to honor you in that. Um, What would I ask? What are your guys' plans for 2022 with young adults that you have upcoming? First of all, I just want to acknowledge that that was really kind of you to say and um, really appreciate it. And for us, man, it's like we never really started out to do a podcast. It was Mm -hmm. people asked us to and Mm -hmm. they needed it. Same with the blog. It was like, this is clearly a burden of ours. It's also a passion. And then if God asked us to kind of take some steps of faith. And I think of March 4th and 5th. Lord willing, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. we do have the Young Adults Today Conference. This is already the third I know. annual Young Adults Today Conference, but we hope that you can come and the mm-hmm. listener. Um, we would really love to host you well mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. And babe, what else? Well, we're kind of working on behind the scenes, Shall I let the cat out of the bag? Yeah, I wrote it down thanks. just so I didn't spill the beans. Um, we're actually working on another book and a collaboration with about nine to 10 awesome. other young adult pastors and leaders throughout the nation. 
um, and just wanted to be a resource once again. So last year we did Reaching the Next, which is designed to reach the next generation. What are the top 10, 12, 13 things young adults are asking? So we had different people unpack that. So we're working on the next book literally right now. And that will pretty much be launched during our March That's, event yep. at the conference. That's incredible. And then we also have something planned about, it was at May, right? Yeah. And yep. that's the second May. weekend in May. Yes. And that's called the weekend. And that is for young adult leaders and their young adults. So people who are like, Hey, I have 50 people that want to come to the weekend, you know, and they get to come and be filled up and the Holy spirit reveals things to them. God reveals things to them. Um, just have a solid lineup with some of our, our guests and our speakers coming up. So we've just been praying for those things. And then in addition to that, we have weekly podcasts. So those are like the four kind of cornerstones of, of what we're doing and what God's asking us to do as of now. Um, and we, maybe there's more, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like we hold it all loosely. Like there's definitely yeah. a head full of, of dreams and a heart full of a desire that delights in the Lord mm-hmm. and just wants to step into the space where a generation is missing and their rally cry is what about us and we just want to be some of the people who don't have all the answers but can point people who to the answer and that's jesus the way the truth and the life and Mm -hmm. if we can connect young adults to the local church Mm -hmm. through the power of christian community like that's a little bit of a glimpse into our heart so good great question all right so question number four back to you um if you would be willing to share maybe an embarrassing moment or an epic failure in life or leadership in the last 29 years we love asking leaders this question because we have plenty of mistakes but we love to encourage the listener that they're not alone and maybe they can be prevented from being embarrassed or whatever that may be I don't really embarrass myself a lot uh, just because I'm very cautious. Um, the only like really embarrassing thing was actually before I was even involved in ministry. And I encourage youth kids all the time to always wear a belt because I used to, I'm super tomboy and I used to wear like baggy pants growing up all the time. I still do just looks better. And I remember going um, to Knott's Berry farm and uh, it was on a band trip. So I used to play the French horn. And I went on a band trip and there was this really cute boy that I liked that played the same instrument as me. And we were late going back to the bus. Like all of our teachers were like, let's go. And we're like, no, we can go on one more ride. And so we went on a water ride right when it was time to go. And I ended up getting soaked on this water ride. And now we get this call that the buses are about to leave. So we start taking off to run. And as I'm running through Knott's Berry Farm, my pants fall down um in the middle of that and he just looked at me and I was like okay okay and so I now tell this story because I encourage our youth kids to wear a belt please make sure your pants stay up because you never know what is going to happen that's the belt of truth right (laughs) the belt of truth always on guys I love it and how we like to close these podcasts is just flipping the script a little bit and if you entered a room of college ministry leaders, young leaders who are passionate about next generation ministry and young adults specifically. And you can tell them or encourage them with one piece of insight or wisdom or advice. What would you leave them with? To lead well. I think that for me, the transition from youth to young adult has been, it's, it's significantly different 
whether people want to believe it or not, because it's like sometimes people are just like, oh, nothing's changed, just the age. But the dynamics of conversations you're having, the things that you're praying over, everything is much more deeper. And I think that the Lord has just been calling me to lead well, because even when we feel like we can kind of slip up or that no one's watching, it's like the Lord is watching and, and something that I learned um uh, when I went to the Passion Collective and Louis Giglio had spoken and he was telling us, you know, there was no way that David even knew that his life was being watched so much that like now we get to read about these things. And so he never lived his life with like, oh, someone's watching me, you know, but he led so well and just had that closeness with the Lord that it didn't matter. And so um, what I would encourage all of our, our young adult pastors, leaders, um, even friends is that we would lead well when no one is watching, that the stories that are being written about us, granted, it's not in the Bible, but the stories that were being written about us that other people may read about years now from down this line, like mm-hmm. that it would be that we led well with our communities and that we first took care of our own relationship with the Lord, you know, cause it's really easy to get caught up in working for the Lord that we forget to be with the Lord. And that's when we start getting dysfunction with the way we lead um, our communities is because it's like, we kind of slip and it's like, Oh, I'm serving in young adult ministry, but I actually haven't spent time with the Lord. You know what I mean? And so then it gets to one thing will lead to another. And before we know it, it's just like, how did we get here? But if we always lead well and we lead like, nobody is watching, but everyone is watching. Um, it makes a difference from not just right now, but years down the line of what will people say about the way that you were leading? That's so good. Wow. For us and the listener, that is a wonderful challenge and something to definitely take into consideration that God is always watching. And there is a, there's a, the real of our life that's taking place. Um, in addition to, you know, what we post, why we post, how we, how we're being perceived and that's a great realization to lead with the Lord and being in his presence. It's definitely essential and anything that he's put us in charge of to steward well, but well, this comes to the end, miss my unique. We are so grateful for you and just had so much fun. What a great conversation today. Yeah. You, you, Oh, of course we, thanks. Thanks again. And we just want to say you approach this with such humility and such intentionality and just evident your character. Mm -hmm. And we just are, are celebrating the ways that God is continuing to use you. And if you want to find out more about my unique Inez Instagram for believers, as well as her young adult ministry, feel free to connect with us on our website Mm -hmm. at youngadults.today and across social media is just at young adults today so until next time this is josiah and micah saying see you next time Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.